Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 40. Oh boy, we're almost at 50. Only 10 more episodes, and the way we've been going, 2020 is going to be a great year. We're going to hit episode 50. <laughs> hey Dave, 40 is a big number for me, you know? So I'm, I'm going to hit that next year. Oh, that's right. But for you podcasting, are. it's not so much. But you're Do you right. realize, we, although we can't hear the listeners, they're all saying, oh, you're just a kid. I know. See I how know. I knew what the listeners were actually thinking? Believe me, I hear it all the time. Um, yeah, this is episode 40, and what I had planned here today to talk about. Um, so, you know my brother-in-law. We, we play golf with him yep. on occasion, right? And uh, he's he's in real estate, but you know he likes to read a lot of finance stuff. He likes to you know watch different uh, videos and things like that. You know different ways to make money to retire early, stuff like that. Right. So he brought this to my attention, and it kind of dovetails with something that we've heard people talk about and ask us about. Um, have you ever heard of this? I don't even know what to call it. This movement, this idea, it's called the FIRE, Financial Independence, Retire Early. Wow, I've never heard of that. Okay. Seriously, never. I I had, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd heard that particular acronym. I've heard of some of these blogs that I guess are fall within that. There's one called uh, Mr. Money Mustache, and there's a few others where it's basically people who save a ton of money, they retire really early, like retiring at 32 or something like that, and they live incredibly frugally, right? you know, because they have to, even though they have a a decent amount of money there. Right. Now, I don't think this applies to most of our clients, right? Most of our clients follow a more traditional path, (laughs) You know, the traditional path of, you know, work until you're, you know, at least 60 or, you know, I guess we've had some clients in their late 50s. We've, though we've actually had a few in there, but for us, that is fire. Right. For that our practice, early. retiring in your 50s is fire. Right. But, so I, you know, I don't know that too many of our clients are going to think, you know, oh gosh, maybe I should try to do this and retire super early because, most of the time when we meet them, they're already in their 50s or 60s. But I did think some of these concepts that they talk about in terms of how you think about retirement, and you know, we've read these statistics that show that people that retire earlier, it can actually have a negative effect on life expectancy. 
You know, and it's this idea that you don't have a purpose, you don't have a reason for getting up in the morning. Now, obviously, right. there are stresses to go with that, but finding that happy medium, that balance in between, I, I thought was kind of an interesting you know, area. Oh, definitely. I mean, that to me would be the biggest problem with retiring early is, well, certainly not having enough money, but that yeah. for me would be not knowing what to do, judging right. from you and I were out earlier, judging from today, I certainly wouldn't want to play golf every day because no. it would lead to a tremendous amount of frustration and stress, <laughs> and I would die too young to enjoy my fire. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we, even those of us that really enjoy golf could play golf every single day. <laughs> One um, day a week reminds me of why that's not my profession. Right. But yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head that the two things that fire people have to address is number one, not running out of money. So, you know, they talk about on some of these websites the traditional 4% rule, which we've talked an awful lot about. You know, you can take 4% of an asset, adjust for inflation, and it's probably going to last for 25 years. Um, well, that can get thrown out the window when you're talking about a 60-year retirement. Sure, you know? that percentage is going to have to be – there's got to be something more to the fire than taking 1% of your assets saved at 35. I'm throwing out an age. Right. So you know, first of all, you, you've got to factor that in that you're going to have you – know, with, with a 25-year retirement, you can have some pretty negative results – and if you wind up passing away at age 90 and you only had you know, $1,000 left, you're okay. That would still count as success. Right. If you, you know, are retiring at 35 and you're you know, running out of money at 60, that's a big failure there. So one of the interesting things that they talk about is doing things that you're passionate about to make a little money in retirement. All right. And I mean, this is something that we've, you know, we've seen a lot of clients do this where they retire from their real job, but then they do a little bit of something on the side and maybe it's an investment opportunity they try out. You know, I know we've got one client, I don't know that he makes a ton of money doing this, but he installs in people's uh, garages, um, I don't know how to describe it, like really cool uh, flooring for the garage so that it looks all fancy. Oh, yeah. Nice. I forgot about yeah. that. I've told you this one guy is like, he's more my long-term care client than our, you know, retirement or investment right. class. But he basically, he worked for the government mm -hmm. and he retired young and he sort of tried to figure out what he wanted to do and he always liked dogs and stuff and just started, he always would like help you out. Hey, could you watch my dog? I'm gone for a while. And then he started to walk dogs. He worked for somebody and he did it for like, he liked to walk. He's in pretty good shape for, right. you know, a 60 year old guy. And now he has a pretty good, in our neighborhood, dog walking business. He charges a lot. If anyone wants to get out there and do this, it's <laughs> like, I think you make like uh, 15, 20 bucks an hour. Or yeah, a walk or whatever. Bucks a walk, walk, I think, yeah. It's like, it's a pretty good business, and it all started with certainly looking for something to do, doing something he likes doing. Right. Um, that'd be a good example That's of that. That's a perfect example, yeah. And, you know, because some people, you know, they view, oh, work in retirement, well, I'm going to have to do consulting, or I'm going to have to do, I don't know, something else. But, you know, if you're able to dovetail your passion with actually making a few dollars, 
you know, we've got another client who who works with dogs and you know more on the training side right. of things but i mean that's a, a great example of you know you make a little bit of money you keep yourself occupied you know that helps everything right. last a little bit longer and it also helps you live longer as well right um you know because i, I always think that <laughs> you don't want to get too obsessed or too concerned in it just from glancing at some of these fire people you know these fire people they can get really obsessed with the spending side of things which is good i you know you 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 have to be concerned with both the spending side and the income side but i don't just knowing our clients i can't see a ton of them really enjoying sitting around clipping coupons and counting every penny um no if that's what you're into that's fine it, yeah but that to me is not what that is not what retirement is to me. Retirement to me is not worrying about money. Right. So if I could do the fire thing, if these and not worry about money, you know that's one thing. Right. Still not sold on this fire thing so far. <laughs> I've never heard of it because uh, you and I both are keenly aware of the statistics of of how much you can take for right. twenty five years not being so hot. Like we talked about the four percent rule, which is often now looking more like maybe a three and a half percent rule. Mm-hmm. And then you're so young, you're only taking a tiny percentage off of whatever money you have, which you never really had that much time to amass it. And then you're now you're working again, doing something you quote like, but you'll like it less as you're doing it more. Right. And then and and you're worrying about money, which to me is the whole point of retiring is not worrying about money. Yeah. And you make a good point. You know, in one of these articles I was reading, uh, I should have pulled up the exact wording, but you know, it was something to the the effect of. Um, you know, harvesting maple syrup, you know, from from trees in Vermont sounded like a great idea or a great retirement <laughs> right. thing to do. But when you're actually doing it, it's hard work. It's lonely. It's you know, it's it's not just this. Hey, it'll be great. We'll harvest some maple syrup and we'll right. You know, that's good for an that. afternoon outing. Right. When you're in Vermont. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and I mean that's why. I don't know. Personally, I don't find any of this stuff to be revolutionary because <laughs> to me, it's a lot of common sense. You know, that you, you know, you can't spend a tremendous amount of money, hope that money lasts. Yes, you, you should pursue passions, of course, but you've also got to balance that with what is practical. You know, I mean, maybe I am really passionate about golf, but you know what? It's not practical no. that I'm going to make any money at it. But yeah, I think maybe because I'm just older, but I think I'm just going to douse the fire. The whole fire thing doesn't make sense because you know what? Why? What? When we retire, or we're, first of all, when we have clients who worry about money, you know, I always tell them when you know when we put together a plan and it looks like they're going to have plenty to live on or close enough. I say you're done. Now. But the reason they're done is they're pretty tired. Right, you know they don't want to do this anymore. They don't want to commute anymore. They don't want to work for that boss anymore. They're tired, even if they enjoyed their job. By the time you're, you know, mid sixties, you're just it's not the same. Right. And then what else is going on? Now you might be doing something else, like volunteering or even walking a dog. But you know what? You don't have quite as much energy as you had when you're thirty-five. So part of this deal is, in fact, getting the opportunity to relax. And when you're older, you need to relax more. It's good for you. Yeah. All of, all of the normal retirement, as we talk about it today, and you and I are 
you know, we're sort of in that, obviously in that boat of would love you to be able to retire when you're 58. Now let's try to make it happen. But we're not making it happen on having $500,000 set aside, but you can only take 5000 a year because right. you can only take 1% because you're not 58, you're 38. Yeah. And I don't see any way with all the fires to be able to work our way around that. Yeah. Um, I mean, interesting idea, an interesting concept. But like I said, I, I don't see anything revolutionary. It's just... Yeah. And being frugal know. gets old. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, on. seriously, there are some people on. who like that. Who I, I know, know some, but you know, but in today's society, right, everything costs money. It's yeah. like, it's like we have inflation. People have to start realizing things cost more. Yeah, I'm frugal. All I want is I'm only gonna. I mean, look at what a weekend costs nowadays for a normal person. And it, you go out to dinner, you go to a movie. You do an activity the next day, and all of a sudden, you've easily spent, you know, as a couple hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's just your little fun activity. And when you start to do the math, do you want to give up all this stuff as a as a young, active person? Right. Um, I, yeah. It sounds good. I mean, I, if I could sell something well, and call it fire, but I mean, you know, I, I would, I would try to sell it, and I'm sure some people want to do it. But the, like you said, I think you made a good point as you researched it. You're into your hobby is being super frugal. Sure, that's that's different if that's what you're really into. Okay, so I, I told you that my brother-in-law kind of hit me to this, and I, you know, started to look into it more. And as part of this, he also asked me a question, which we have heard before from clients. And, you know, there are some various radio shows out there that push this. (laughs) There are, I've even seen some things online, some ads for it. And he asked me about using life insurance to fund retirement, right? And I don't know exactly what he watched, but he watched some YouTube video where some guy was telling him about how, he was going to get these fantastic returns and he could use the cash value of the life insurance and borrow it out tax-free and tax-wise it was going to be so efficient that this was fantastic right and okay you know we've we've run across this before where people hey i talked to this advisor and i'm using advisor in quotes there because they're they're really just an insurance salesperson um, who told me that this is the best way to fund retirement. And you know, my take on this with people is, look, I, I think that this we're talking about permanent life insurance, right? Permanent life insurance, yes, it does build cash value. Yes, you can borrow money out of it, and you don't have to pay taxes on that. That part's right. nice, right? And I'll even tell people, yeah, I've got a little bit in my portfolio, but it is not the be-all, end-all, right? You, over the long term, historically have gotten much better returns in traditional stock-based investments or even balanced right. investments, stock and bonds. So I don't think that it should be the cornerstone of your retirement right. plan. I mean, one part of life, cash value life insurance is there's some good to it, certainly, in the best companies. And we've seen a lot of clients come our way who've bought life insurance over a long period of time, cash value. They remember you're coming to us in 50s and 60s, so they've owned it for a long time in the best companies. Right, and 
like you said, it's part of your portfolio, but it's life insurance. So ultimately, there's mortality cost to that. Yeah. There's because when you die, there's a death benefit. So that's taking out some of your returns yep. naturally. Now, anecdotally, bottom line is this. We've met a lot of people over the years. We've seen people with the best policies of this cash value um, and, and whole life type policies. And in every single case... They're, these policies they've owned forever, they, it's done for the right reason. It's nice they have some cash value. What is it when we look at it? Well, there's something you can take out, and that's we explain how you take it out and, and yeah. take advantage. But where's the bulk of their money? It's in 401ks that have been matched right. over decades, or the TSP where you have a match. Yeah. And all that's the bulk of your money. These life insurance policies are a part of a plan, right. and it's great to have, and it, it doesn't hurt. But I've never seen one in my career where, wow, you have set up a wonderful retirement plan. It's solely or mostly based as opposed to being your 401k being the driver. Now this life insurance you have as the driver. Have you ever seen one? No, never. But And I mean, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean it couldn't exist. I'm not saying it couldn't exist. But, I'm just saying anecdotally. Yeah, anecdotally, no, never seen it. Uh, but here's the problem is – and we'll kind of pull the curtain back for everybody out there. You know, when you're in the securities business, the investment business, it's a pretty heavily regulated business, depending on if it's FINRA, if it's the SEC, usually you're going through a broker dealer. You've got a lot of regulations. You've got watchdog groups. You've got all these different things out there. Um, The insurance industry is a little less regulated in the sense of advertising. So, where I have seen these things that are a little misleading are people putting out numbers for these life insurance policies. Oh, you can get such and such rate of return and this and that. And it's misleading. It's it's the sex appeal. It's the sizzle that they're selling. And when it comes down to it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not as good as the pie in the sky numbers that they originally show you yeah it's just it's like anything else you're not going to get something for nothing and i think they do i think that you just laid that out pretty well what's going on as far as being able to do things like radio shows but ultimately at the end of the day (laughs) you know the bottom line is you don't get something for nothing right and i just don't like to see people get duped by these things having said that i do agree with you that that especially for a younger person, and I'll look at you as an example, to have right. some some of these life insurance products whole life is not a bad way to balance out your portfolio well, a little and bit. That, yeah, I mean, I think that's the other really good point is if you're a younger person, sure, it, it can make sense to have a little bit in there, but it takes a lot of time to build up the cash value to make it useful. I mean, you're talking you know, at least 10 or 15 years you know, to be reasonable and a lot of people, you know, they're sitting at 55. They're going, well, I, I don't have 10 or 15 years. That's that's not real. I, I hate to say it. I still sound like, now I'm going to sound like my age for an advisor, 56 old school when I was taught. <laughs> All I know is if you're going to get life insurance, cash value life insurance, the first thing you should be looking at is the need for a death benefit. That's a good start for cash value life insurance not to make money on it. Right. 
Somebody taught me that when I first got into the business. Oh, actually, I think when I first got into the business, it was with a life insurance company, so they tried to tell me something else. (laughs) But when I talked to someone I trusted who was in the business when I first got in the business, that's what that person told me, and I'm I'm still a firm believer. And let's look at the need for death benefit when we're buying any life insurance product as as the first thing. All right. I think that's good advice. All right. Uh, Thanks for checking in. We will talk to you soon.